Welcome to Pop Culture Federation. Welcome to the Pop Culture Federation Podcast. I'm your host, Mikey. And I am legally obligated to once again tell you my name is Ron. Matt's on vacation this week, so Ron and I are doing a shooting a breeze, shooting from the hip. <laughs> kind of like in the Wild West. Yeah, shoot the thrill, ACDC, you know. Shoot the thrill. That soundbite's going in. <laughs> so, Ron, it's summer, it's August. The world is still in chaos. Yeah. Panels to Frames, episode two went up. The day that we're recording this, yeah, it just went up today. Very excited about it. Spy Smasher, never heard of it before. I did, I never heard of Spy Smasher until I started doing this series. Um, Spy Smasher is actually really exciting for a three and a half hour movie. Um, Like, literally, I, I counted it while I was watching it. Like, they didn't go more than, like, three to five minutes without a fight scene. It was kind of insane, actually. So, oh, did we say Matt's on vacation? We did. Matt's on vacation. Matt is on vacation. Hi, Matt. At the end, we should say hi, Matt. Like, he says hi, Mom. Hi, Matt. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Hi, Matt's mom. Hi, Matt. Hi, Matt's mom. (laughs) Question. So, as I was watching it. Yeah. And you were talking about it, and you were like, oh, chapter 7, chapter 5, like different parts. I'm assuming that means that these were shown at different times in the theater back in the day? Yeah, so it was like a 15-part, uh, no, Jesus Christ, <laughs> a 15-part uh, film serial. So, you know, part one would be shown like one Friday, and then the next Friday they'd show the next part. And so it like, you know, they'd show multiple serials at a time. And so it's like you'd basically be going to the movie theater to watch, you know, a couple like a couple new episodes of your favorite show. And then you and the news. Yeah. And the news, too. And like cartoons and stuff. And so, you know, you'd be coming back week to week. That's why, like, um, I want to eventually include, you know, like box office gross for movie like in the in the series eventually, but it's like just really hard to like nail down what the gross was for these film serials, just because they were just shown with so many other, you know, things. And, you know, they, it took place over so many weeks. So if you, so was it Friday to Friday? It just kind of depended on where you were. I just said Friday to Friday as an example. So like, if you missed it a week, like you were, you were SOL? You weren't seeing that episode? You weren't actually completely SOL. I mean, you were decently SOL just because, you know, at that time, you know, even VHS for our younger viewers, that's like a tape, uh, you know, DVDs, <laughs> Blu-rays, like that kind of thing didn't exist. So if you missed a week, what they actually did uh, in the beginning of every uh, part, would they, they would put up like a couple of cards and say, you know, after defeating, you know, a couple of the thugs that the mask sent, Spy Smasher decided to go to the munitions site and check that out. And then then it'd be like, you know, the mask, having been foiled, sends more thugs to try to stop Spy Smasher. And it'd just, like, be a really quick, you know, like, 
30 second recap of what happened in the last episode or part. And then they'd, uh, you know, they just go on from there. That's kind of cool. Actually. I mean, it's, it's what like a modern format, I guess, for television shows today or not so much today, more so like in the seventies, eighties, nineties. Yeah. It was kind of a prelude to like, you know, like previously on and stuff like that. And it was a last time on Dragon Ball Z last time on Dragon Ball Z. And what they did was actually really clever is they would like put in these incredibly just put in these like incredible cliffhangers at the end of like every single every single episode. So that way or part I keep calling episodes just because like, you know, it's kind of like in an episode format. Um, But yeah, they would like include these really really big cliffhangers to try to get you know kids oh the the people who watch these were either kids or they were servicemen so they like tried to get them coming coming back uh each week and getting them like uh which call it the last the second to last part of spy smasher and this is in the video you think that spy smasher got shot to death and then it's like oh my god well i obviously i'm gonna come back to see the last part to see what happened <laughs> so yeah it's kind of kind of cool uh, i won't spoil it just because I know for a fact nobody's seen it, so <laughs> me saying what happens will spoil it. So just watch the video to find out what happens. But it's very like yeah, let's not spoil the seventy-nine year, well, sorry, seventy-eight-year-old movie. <laughs> well, I mean, like you can't spoil Star Wars or like Wizard of Oz because they're so mainstream. Yeah, I guess. But I, I feel like something that nobody's ever seen or very few people alive today have seen it. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Like it's it's it, you're going to spoil it just because the it's not a popular thing. I I feel like Captain Marvel would have been more popular and the Batman one that you're about to do. Yeah, the Batman one of like all the like early film serials is probably the most probably the most popular uh, out of all of them. Captain Marvel in in a, back in the day when like you know he was as popular if not more popular than superman like that that was pretty popular but like you know throughout time and history bat the batman serial has been the the most remembered and even at that you know very few people remember it and um yeah when when we cover the next episode uh the next episode of panels to frames we're gonna cover the batman serial and um let's just say some parts of that film have not aged well because it was made in the middle of world war ii and that's all i'm gonna say <laughs> the very little thing i know about that batman serial is that look that they used for batman would later be used in the comics if i'm not mistaken yeah a few of the things that actually like you know were in the serial kind of stuck like even to this day in the comics sort of his look you know, a little bit of, like, what Robin did, too. Um, like, uh, this was, like, the first, you know... Uh, God, I'm going to be spoiling a few things for the Batman, Batman episode. But, like, it was the, the first time we saw, like, a skinny Alfred. Because up to that point, Alfred was, like, you know, a fat guy. A fat, balding guy. And, um... I did not know that. Yeah, it was the first time, like, you saw the Batcave. And Batman technically uses... Uh, a different voice when he's Batman. So when he's Bruce Wayne, he has one voice. It's like the actor's voice, but he has a really 
thick Boston accent. <laughs> and then when he's Batman, he's like, oh, I'm a Batman. So yeah, it's, um, it's just, it's pretty, it's pretty cool to see like where, um, you know, things started and where they went. And actually today, uh, I was trying to finish up the script for the Captain America one. And that one is, um, you know, for as much as, for as many changes as they made to like different superheroes, I feel like this is going to be the movie in which the most changes were made to the hero because it's, it's not even Steve Rogers. It's just the district attorney. <laughs> if Captain Marvel mm-hmm. spy smasher. Yeah. Next episode is Batman. Mm-hmm. And then followed by that is Captain America. Yep. After Batman is Captain America. And then after Captain America is Superman. So yeah, I'm very excited to do, you know, three of the most popular comic book characters of all time, back to back to back. I'm shocked that Superman is so much later than the others, considering I think he came out first. I, I kind of talk just a tiny bit about this in the Captain, Mar- Captain Marvel movie. Republic, which, like, they were a a smaller movie studio, but they were the first ones to, like, jump on making, uh, like, superhero films. They wanted to make Superman the first live-action superhero. The problem was... At that time, there was, like, no difference in rights between, like, an animated or live-action film. So Superman's rights were actually um, with, I believe his name was Max Fleischer, making, uh, like, those old cartoons. Which, by the way, like, those things are 80 years old now and still stand the test of time. Those things still look beautiful. But anyway, yeah, so Republic, uh, the film studio, could not make Superman films because of that. So that's why they made captain marvel and they even tried to make like a superman movie a couple times after that but you know republic just couldn't make it happen and i think i'm trying to think who made the superman serial but yeah eventually it did happen i did not know any of this yeah (laughs) even the differences of the comics that were coming out then and the movies that were coming out but especially between like the movies then and the movies now. I mean, granted those movies were being made on a a street. They were being made on a shoestring budget. Most of them were made like, like the entire thing was shot in a month. Like these, they were just like churning them out thick and fast. And yeah. Kind of like how spaghetti Westerns a little bit later were so popular. And so there were so many of them because they were so easy, so cheap. And they just reused the same sets over and over again. So all you just needed was a new plot and new actors. Yeah, and uh, like, and, and a lot of them. And like this happened in the Captain Marvel movie too. Like if they thought that a scene from one movie could kind of work in another movie, they would just reuse like old footage. And like Disney used to use that with some animatics with some of their old animated movies. And so they would kind of like plop characters onto one another. There's a, there's a few YouTube videos about that. I think a lot of people don't realize that when you hand draw animation, you have to draw literally the same thing over and over and over and making just the smallest changes in order for almost like a flip book yeah. in order to get the, to flow correctly. So for the sake of not even just saving money, for just saving time, mm-hmm. you would just reuse stuff and they eventually learn tricks to make it easier. But like drawing cartoons was very, very challenging and I think that's why there was eventually evolved to like teams of people. And then once 
CGI or digital came around, it was the move to digital was very easy. I personally don't like it too much, but a lot of cartoons now, especially even anime, you can tell the vast difference between anime from like the 80s and 90s that was hand drawn versus anime today that's CG. Oh, yeah. I mean, the hand drawn is just like, you know, it, it has like a great quality to it. And like, that's why a lot of like hand drawn movies used to take like two years, maybe more to make just because of how many like drawings that you physically have to make for it. But honestly, like I know it kind of looks, it has more of like a gloss feeling, like, like a glossy look to it, but I'm perfectly fine if it's going to make their job easier. If they're like going to use computers. I mean, look at the South Park guys. They literally like make an episode like they animate an entire episode of that show in a week. So I was about to mention South Park because in the late 90s, going back to VHS kids, <laughs> I had a VHS of like the first few episodes of South Park. I think like each tape was like three or four episodes. And um, I had like the first three when they first came out. Oh, yeah. And the in the beginning or at the end or like in between like Trey Parker and Matt Stone would uh, talk about just like random stuff. And one of them, they talked about how long it took to make an episode. And the first one with the aliens took about like six months to make because it it was just them two. And it was um, because you have to take, it was all paper. Like a lot of people don't realize like South Park was made out of like paper and they would have to do each motion, each pose, each change, each thing in the background, and make it. That's why, like, characters, like, wobble, um, and, like, the mouth just moves, and they, like, kind of, like, tilt. That's because of just how it was done, and it took six months. And then now, when South Park's made, like you said, they make an episode a week, and they talk about whatever's current. Where back then, back then, 20 years ago, 25 years ago almost, they made, uh, like, they couldn't be current. They had to be behind because there's just everything was going on. That's why they went so back into like pop culture with all these jokes. Yeah, no, that's why like a lot of uh, jokes in like like uh, animated shows back then they became so dated so fast because you know I remember like hearing like an episode of Family Guy when they first started. It took them eight months to draw, uh, you know, but they had teams. But it like took an it took eight months per episode. So like they'd be making these these references and stuff, and before um, computers like sped up that process, that's why a lot of like the references were from the '80s because it's like oh well it doesn't matter if we make a joke <laughs> about something that happened you know 50, at that point you know like 15 20 years ago, like that'll still kind of be in pop culture, but something that happened you know last week who knows if anyone's gonna remember that. Exactly, like the one I remember that distinctly like comes to mind is almost every show or cartoon around, like, 2000, like, 99, 2000, 2001, mm-hmm. did an episode, like, if it was a kid's show, even if it wasn't, did an episode about, like, trading cards because of Pokemon cards. Oh, yeah. And sometimes it wouldn't be, like, relevant. Like, I there's, like, some random show uh, on Nickelodeon. It was, about some, it was about a kid in a wheelchair and him just, like, he was, like, it was, like, Hey Arnold, but the kid was in a wheelchair. And more, like, supposed to be funnier or like weirder don't Um, remember (laughs) i don't remember the name either but they had uh 
an episode that I distinctly remember about like trading cards and like everybody was trying to find like the Charizard. But by the time that that episode came out, like Pokemon cards, like it was not there was Pokemon cards that weren't a thing of the past, but they were the peak popularity was just not there. But I guess that had to do with how long it took to animate that episode. Yeah, that that definitely had to have been it. I'm I'm also begging our intern to see what it was. It Pelswick. Yes, I think it was. I've, that sounds familiar. I, don't even freaking know this show. He had like a big nose and like a backwards hat or something like that. Yes, that's exactly what that is. Holy shit. Okay. Yeah, so that that's it. That, I just remember, I don't remember any other episode, no other characters, just the kid in the wheelchair and Pokemon cards. And then like in the episode, Pokemon cards like, or like whatever the cards were, like stopped being popular. And then like everybody was trying to chase the Charizard equivalent. And they, um, at the end, like everything was on discount or like on sale. Um, even South Park when they did Chin Pokemon. <laughs> to be fair, Chin Pokemon has stood the test of time. Oh, it was it was one of the best episodes of South Park, but it was done I think in season three, like very much after the Pokemon craze. Can I can I just say our intern is currently fascinated with Pelswick, and <laughs> <laughs> I do not. Our intern does not remember the show in the slightest. Wow, this this looks like the crappiest show our intern has ever seen. <laughs> I, I don't think it made it past season one or two. If it did, I'd be shocked. But <laughs> I think it just kept out of then, just was canceled, like many things were at the time. But yeah, what made you? I don't think I've ever asked you this. I know. So okay, a little bit of pop culture federation history for everybody, all of our listeners. This will be like. One of the topics at our future panel at a Comic Con one day. Oh yeah, great. Is um, <laughs> Pop Culture Federation started October 2019 with Matt, Ron, and myself. The ideas though of Pop Culture Federation started all the way back in like spring of 2018. Something like that. And yep. So the music that Tyler made, Tyler drama. Uh, that's our intro. Was made in 2018. Ron and I recorded a few episodes i didn't know what i was doing and like neither of us knew how to like really edit or do anything like that and we just kind of were like let's just talk and see what happens so nothing happened nothing got done (laughs) but 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 at this time ron was also talking about hey i'm gonna do something called panels to frames so the ideas for both of these things were started around the same time a year later 2019 we're at a barbecue or i'm at a barbecue with matt matt and ron knew each other from like high school and i knew who both of them in high school but we didn't hang out well mike so, threatened me once in high school but <laughs> yes i did i don't remember why but i did i i know exactly why we're not we're not going to talk to our listeners <laughs> <laughs> matt and i was like matt like you like a bunch of like random things just like i do ron and i always talk about doing this podcast and we're like we talk about it from time to time we're gonna do it do you want to do it and I was like, you're here, Ron lives in another state, and Matt's like, sure. So we start talking about it, doing whatever, and then we finally record the episode, and then now we're here. Yeah. Panels to Frames, you had the idea going for a couple years. First episode came out summer or spring of this year, summer, summer yeah. of 2020. What gave you the idea to do Panels to Frames? I felt really bad because I always thought of myself as like, a big nerd and like a huge comic book movie fan. And then I remember I was at um, PAX East 
and I was talking to someone about movies and it just kind of came up in conversation. I was like, oh man, I've never seen the Christopher Reeve Superman. I feel like really bad because like that's basically like what kicked off, you know, modern like comic book movies and stuff like that. And so I was like, well, I know that there's stuff that came before that. So I want to like research into that too. And the more I did the, the research, the more I was like, wow, this is actually some like fascinating stuff. And there was so much history that like, you know, preluded everything that came and you can kind of see like the little nuggets of the stuff that happened in like the forties and fifties and like even in the the seventies and eighties when they started to make like, you know, one, one a year, one every couple of years. And so I was just like, man, I, instead of like, you know, Google and this stuff myself, I just want to have like a nice little mini documentary on each of these. And, uh, to this day, I still haven't seen the Christopher Reeve Superman, mostly because I'm saving it for myself for when that episode comes up. And I kind of have a, a couple big plans for that episode when we finally do it. And I have to admit, like, even though that's a few episodes ahead, I have seen some clips, some behind the scenes clips of like, you know, what happened with that. And there is some really surprising stuff that happened. I am, I'm just very excited for that. But yeah, that's um, basically panels. The frame started because of guilt. So. <laughs> so. I mean, it's very, very good. It's very well done. Uh, the how it's framed, it feels very comic book esque, uh, and you get that fifties, sixties vibe from it, oh. even seventies. Okay. Um, Superman, like I, I mean, what I mean is like at least the logo that I posted on, um, I think it was the filter I used on Instagram for panels of frames was like a little bit faded. When you're watching the episode, you get like the panel in the background and every. The, the screen clips are in the middle. So it's very, it gives you that like nostalgia feel. I mean, like I don't have a nostalgia feel for the forties, but <laughs> so I remember as a kid watching. So, well, all right. So cable was a thing. And if you didn't have cable, you had basic cable. So movies weren't as readily available as they are now. Like back then yeah. HBO would show things on loop and you would get the same like four or five movies on loop, whatever they had that week. And then they would have their nightly shows that they would show uh, on HBO or Showtime. They all did it. So then channel 11 WB, I remember would say every Sunday was like Sunday matinee or something movies. Yep. And they would, I would never, and I was a kid, so I would never watch those movies because I was like, I don't know what any of these are. But they were usually things from like the 70s, 60s, 70s, 80s, and sometimes early 90s. But I would always watch Star Wars and the Superman, uh, Christopher Reeve. Because I, I, I knew those things and I would watch those. I gotta say, I actually am extremely nostalgic for that. Because most Sundays I would go to uh, one either or of my grandparents' house. And my one, uh, on my mom's side, uh, my grandmother on my mom's side, me and her bonded over 
movies because we both love movies. She still every single day watches Turner classic movies. And that's how I like I'm like still familiar with, um, you know, movie serials. And I love a lot of the older movies. And how how I saw uh, Terminator 2 Judgment Day the first time was I was at my grandmother's house having Sunday dinner and me and a couple of my cousins, I have a lot of cousins uh, on that side, um, we sat down in my grandmother's room and watched, uh, you know, the WB-11, you know, uh, cut of uh, Terminator 2. And that's the first time that I saw that movie, and that movie was great, and I loved it. But yeah, no, just going every Sunday or every other Sunday to my grandmother's house and watching the WB matinee with my cousins is how I saw a lot of the older movies. I'm trying to figure out how I missed the, the Christopher Reeves Superman, probably because it was every other weekend. But yeah, they would go in like a they would redo them every year and a half. So they, they had like a loop that they would go through. And then I guess whatever they would get the licensing for new movies, huh. they would throw them in. And whenever they lost licensing, they would take the other ones out. But I remember Star Wars because I was obsessed when I first I first saw Star Wars in the theater and not in 77 in 97. I was obsessed with it. Like whenever it was on TV, I felt like even though I owned the video cassette, I felt like it was more special watching it on TV. I don't know why. Yeah, I I kind of had that same feeling. I'm not. I, I don't know why. The what panels frames kind of reminds me of is that it's like that very nostalgic feel. And I just texted you a book that I read that I think you might find interesting and our listeners. It's called Slugfest. Oh, I've, and it has that I've heard cover. Yeah, and I've, it has that cover and color scheme that like reminds me of panels and frames. It's a uh, by Reed Tucker. And I first heard about it on a Kevin Smith podcast. But it's the inside the epic 50-year battle between Marvel and DC. What it does is it goes from almost like the inception of both Marvel and DC all the way to almost present day. It is very, very good. You learn a lot about what was going on in the comic industry at the time. And uh, one of the things they do talk about, though, is going to see when Marvel people went to go see Christopher Reeve Superman for the first time. They were like, oh, they stepped up their game. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, there's this really cool documentary that DC actually DC has it has the entire thing free online about like the history of Superman and uh, and there's another one that delves into just the background and the making of the Christopher Reeve movies and yeah, how like the Christopher Reeve movies started up was like somebody was watching the George Reeves TV show and they were like, I love this character. Like we can definitely do something with it. And then like the stars just kind of aligned. It's funny how much I know about the Christopher Reeves Superman, but I've just never seen it. Maybe I'll just do that on like a Sunday afternoon, like beforehand <laughs> and just watch it. But yeah, no, that's one of the books that I did. I want to buy and like, you know, dive into. I, I have done so much more reading for Pandals the Frames than I ever imagined, and I hate it. God, I hate reading. I, I read so much for my job. I just... <laughs> I like... I mean, I like reading, but I like reading nonfiction when it's stuff that I enjoy. So, like, anything comic book uh, or video game history, like, I really enjoy those. There's some video game books that are just boring, but there's ones like Super Mario, How Nintendo Conquered America is very good, and then... Uh, console wars were about like sega versus nintendo yeah. which is really just the journey of sega those are both really really good 
So, but this Slugfest, I think, is one of the best comic book like history books that I've ever read, and it's it's very very good. It's I think it's a little more towards the DC side, like it talks more about DC than Marvel, but it's still very good. Like you learn about how artists never made any money and how they why artists sell prints now, yeah. like their originals. Uh, that was all because of Neil Adams and what he did. So, but people were just throwing them out. Like imagine having. The first sketch of like Batman or Superman or any of them. Somebody just threw them out. There's somewhere around. Uh, I saw a picture of it on the internet. Is like the first ever sketch of Spider-Man. And it was actually Jack Kirby's take. And Jack Kirby's Spider-Man just looks ridiculous. But yeah, I'm just imagine how much that could go for. Thank you for sending me the Amazon link. Because I am absolutely going to buy that and read that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no problem definitely a very good book when this episode goes up i will post that amazon link also on instagram and twitter so if anybody else wants to buy it it's very good i know this is a shooting the breeze but i did wanted to talk about about panels of frames just to learn more about it what got you into it and i'm liking it i'm enjoying it so far i get sneak peeks before everybody else does <laughs> just to watch it so haha <laughs> so i look forward to it and uh, i think it's very good so I'm looking forward to more. I'm learn. I like learning a lot about old stuff. Like I like, and if you listen to like the decades podcasts and their what ifs, I'm very. I have that nostalgic feel for the late 40s and 50s. I don't know why I say nostalgic because I never lived there, but like I like the the time period. So it hits home for me. So I like it. Check it out. But before we sign off, did wanna shoot the breeze a bit. This summer, I must say, I watched the entirety of The Office. Oh my God! Uh, we have talked. Yeah, we have talked about this before, and now that you have finished, give me give me your thoughts. Give me your take. What you What you think of the finale? What you think of everything? So I'll admit, and like you can go back and listen to the Kelly's episode. I did not give the office a fair shot. I know. I was just saying it was bad. <laughs> I really liked it. I will say though, I don't understand the people that put in their Tinder profiles, my personality is the office. Like, I don't get that. I, that part didn't like click to me. I don't think it's the best. Like, I guess it's a sitcom, right? Sure. It's, uh, it's like a mockumentary. Okay. So I don't, I don't think it's the best, Well, it's not a drama, right? It's not like a, no. it's not like a lost or Battlestar Galactica. No. So, okay, so I don't think it's the best sitcom ever. It's definitely in the top. Like, I was I was watching Friends, and I was like, this is better. Office is better than Friends. But Friends is a better made show, hmm. if that makes sense. But The Office is more entertaining. I think that the first season of The Office, except for maybe, like, the last episode, is pretty, it's pretty rough. I think it's still okay. But, yeah, I think The Office just is has about like four or five like incredible seasons and then i think the thing with the with friends it was kind of like more consistent over a longer time because the office ran for nine seasons and really kind of only really had like you know five to six like really really good years but like the friend like friends you know kind of started to dip at the end because of the whole will they won't they with ross and rachel but everyone knew that they would so but uh yeah i know that 
my first time watching through The Office, I thought Michael Scott was okay. I wasn't a huge fan. And then after I watched it again, I really fell in love with Michael Scott. But what what would you say that you uh, you thought of Steve Carell and Michael Scott? So I thought he was the worst part of the show. I'm not going to lie. I So I agree with you. I think the first season of The Office was, it wasn't good. I don't think it was good. I think The Office got better as it went along. Yeah. I even think the later seasons where a lot of people say like, ah, it tapers off. I don't, I think it still chugs along great. And then the last couple episodes are really, really good. And they really blend well together. Yes. I thought Michael Scott, Steve Carell got better as he went along. Spoiler alert. When he comes back at the end for, um, Dwight and Angela's wedding, mm-hmm. I got that like, that like feel inside. Cause it's like, oh, he's back. Yeah. And, he had his moments where he was a good character. Like he, he, he was acted very well. Like Steve Carell, I'm not like a huge fan of his movies, but he, he did a very good job acting wise. I just thought Michael Scott was a little annoying. <laughs> and it's like you have Dwight and you have Michael, whereas most shows would just have one. So when it was just Dwight by himself, I thought it was better and he shined. And he really came into being when Michael left. Maybe watching it again one day in the future, I'll find Michael Scott more enjoyable. But I thought, like, I made a tier list and I posted it on Instagram. I thought Michael Scott was one of the worst characters in the show at first. I thought he was very annoying and sometimes he, like, ruined moments because he overly tried to be funny. And it was a very unpopular opinion. That, But, you know, I think, though, Jim... Dwight, Daryl, and the best character of the whole show is Creed. Yes, Creed is without doubt the best. I was just going to say, like, my favorite Creed moment is just, like, a tiny little moment where he only has, like, two lines in the entire episode. And it's the, um, what's it called? It's the episode where they think that everyone's going to lose their jobs. So Michael, like, you know, they do the, uh, the whodunit murder game. And Creed walks oh. in, <laughs> and he's just like, hey, what's going on? And he's like, so there's been a murder, and you are a suspect. <laughs> and Creed's like, oh, okay, well, let me go get my uh, jacket, and I'll get settled. And then he fucking <laughs> runs out of the office and drives away. <laughs> and that's the entirety Creed. of him in the episode. When Creed becomes manager, and it's just... <laughs> He's just like, oh, just canceling. Oh, it was the best. I was like, well, who's the most... Important? Just Creed. The other... The other person I have in my top is Kevin. I didn't like Kevin at first, but when he, when, um, what's her name? The person Michael ends up being with. Holly. Holly. When Holly comes in and she's like, she thinks that he's like mentally challenged and, and they, they like, she like treats him differently and then he like goes along with it because he doesn't know. And then when he finds out, like, that's the moment that his character, like, turned for me. And then he became funnier <laughs> as it went along. Like, he was hilarious. I, I, remember, I remember watching this series with my sister. And the the point that we had to pause because she was laughing so hard was when Holly came back to the office and she broke up with her boyfriend. And she, like, showed showed the rings, but she gave, like, you know, like the middle fingers, but with the ring finger up and when Kevin's like, you know, gives her the middle finger right back and he's like, right back at you, bitch. My sister laughed <laughs> so hard we had to pause because it was literally like five straight minutes of minutes of laughing. She couldn't contain herself. 
Cousin Moe's, I think, should have got more a little bit more screen time. <laughs> he was hilarious. Um, Aaron actually grew on me a lot, and I thought she was great. Yeah, no, she's definitely, like, a later season, better character. Like, she... If the show would have continued on, like, after season nine, I feel like she should have and would have become one of the main characters because she was just great. She did. She definitely got better. Um, and she really came into her own, like, the actress and then into the character. Yeah. The and Then, I had no idea that James Spader was Robert California. <laughs> Until he said something, and I was like, why does he sound like Ultron? <laughs> why is Ultron? <laughs> and then I looked it up, and I was like, oh, that's him. Yeah. And then he had one of the funniest lines. So I was texting a friend, and I was like, yeah, I'm on this part. And he goes, uh, Robert California is one of the best lines that I've ever heard in anything ever. And I was like, he goes, I was like, what was it? He goes, you'll know when you get to it. <laughs> sure enough, got to the episode where he's like, and I'm the liz- I'm the fucking lizard king. Guts, you don't even know my real name. I'm the lizard king. You even know. And <laughs> and I, I text him right away. I was like, the lizard king? Question mark. And he goes, yep. I was like, that was great. I liked it a lot. And I again, I think it got better. I think. Toby, I, I'm buying that theory that Toby's the uh, the strangler. Oh my god! I mean, maybe, but probably not. <laughs> um, I don't, I personally don't subscribe to that theory. I get it, but I just think it's another one of those situations where you know too many fans watching the show too often. But yeah, I personally love Toby so much because he's just so awkward and he just. Uh, and like they all hate him, but he's just such like a nice guy. He's just there. I love, I love when Michael's doing the exit interview when Toby leaves to go to Costa Rica, and the present that Michael gives him, it's like a brick, and, and Toby's like, "Suck on this." <laughs> <laughs> oh, Michael gives him his watch. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, no, I. I, I, I know everyone hates on him, but no, I secretly love Toby. I definitely, I, I have a new change of heart for The Office. So you're here to hear first. Mm. It's a good show. Definitely should watch Ow. it. I think I, I prefer Parks and Rec at the end of the day. If I had to pick between one or the other, I would definitely pick Parks and Rec. You got to get past the first season in both of them. Yeah. And then it just gets better. To me, Parks and I think parks isn't as good as the office personally because i think the office has a better ending and also has like much better like of like the good seasons of both shows i think the office has better good seasons and um i don't know i think to me like parks and rec just takes it takes too long to become good but like when it does become good like it becomes like really really good and i don't know i just think the office finale is really good there are like certain shows that i like hold the finale in high regard to like scrubs is one of those shows where it's like oh my god that well you know taking away season nine but it's like scrubs the office um there's other things that like you can mention but yeah the office definitely has an incredible finale i agree i think it ended perfectly it wasn't a disappointment like how i met your mother was oh my god don't even talk i don't even want to talk about it 
moving on though from the office the only other things that i've really been watching were i watched season two of the umbrella academy nice uh if you if you don't know what the umbrella academy is it is a show on netflix that was adapted from a comic book written by gerard way from my chemical romance lead singer of a punk band wrote a comic i yes i have to admit i watched the first two episodes of the first season i thought it was absolute trash and then i never watched it again (laughs) so So, yeah season two is better than season one okay for sure like hands down season two is like uh, leaps and bounds better than season one season one it takes a little bit to it's like dark humor it takes a, and I'm not a huge fan of that, but it takes a little bit to get going and getting the characters and then like figuring out what's going on. Yeah. Season two really like brings that all home huh. and it, it's more fleshed out. It's doing all right on Netflix, I think, but it, uh, check it out. If you like, I don't know what it's equivalent to, but it's not, it's good. I like it. It's kind of like justice um, league dark a little bit. Yeah. A little bit. It, and um, I think who they casted worked very well. So, and then the, the other thing that I'm currently watching is, uh, do you ever watch Happy Endings? No, I haven't. I, I've i heard of it before, but no, I've never seen it. Oh, God, I'm really bad at pop culture for Pop Culture Federation. <laughs> I watched season one and two, and we never watched three. So we were watching one and two, so we watched them years ago, and then to watch the third one. It's not long. It's a very good show. It's um, it's a I guess it's not really a sitcom, but it's a, it's good. It's a comedy. It's funny. It's got a uh, Damon Wayans Jr. is in it, and uh, he's the only person I can remember off the top of my head by his name. But it's a funny show. But there's no movies to watch. So the only like the most recent movie I watched was the Eurovision on Netflix. I heard some people said that was actually pretty good, but then again, it did kind of disappear from all social media like the week after it was released, so. I mean, I don't like Will Ferrell, but it was good. <laughs> and So, okay, I like European, like, techno and dance yeah, music. Same thing. Same so, it's got that very, like, Euro vibe. I mean, because it's called Eurovision. But I thought Will Ferrell did a pretty good job. And Rachel McAdams, obviously. But I don't really like Will Ferrell too much. But this was like a very throwback to Night at the Roxbury-ish Will Ferrell. Oh which is the one I like. God. <laughs> it's like, uh, okay. I'm going to have to warm up to that a bit. Because, I mean, I like Night at the Roxbury. But I would never be like, hey, you should watch the Night at the Roxbury. <laughs> uh, Night at the Roxbury is so good. I feel like that's what it, that's one of the films that he was not that great in until like because to me he became really good in old school and then he had like a, like an amazing streak of like every single movie he was starring in was really funny. He was in old school. I forgot. Mm-hmm. You watch anything good? Play anything good? Games? Another Pokemon run? Uh, I've been playing a lot of NBA Live 2005. (laughs) Um, Wow. Mostly because it was like one of the first sports games that I owned. No, that's kind of not true. Is LeBron James even in it? It's LeBron James' second season. And he's he's young and he's 
damn good in this game, and he's cheap, too. <laughs> so uh, I love doing that. Um, yeah, no, I just love going back and playing the old sports games because when I was a teenager, I was really, really into sports. And, you know, it's I'm still into sports, not nearly as much as I used to be. But, yeah, I've been watching a lot of YouTube lately. Uh, and I don't know if I've said this before, but I'm still re-watching through Family Guy. I'm about halfway through season five. This show is, I do not remember it being this good. Like, every single episode has, like, a very, like, hearty, wow, that was funny as hell, like, kind of chuckle or laugh. Season five is when it came back? It came back season four. So this is, like, the the second year after it came back. But, yeah, it's just, it's just so funny. (laughs) The first couple seasons after it came back, I thought it did really well, and then... At some point, it did, like, The Simpsons and just started trickling off. I kind of... I, I like, went back, because I can remember the moment that I stopped watching Family Guy. I kind of went back and tried to figure out when that was. So I think it started to dip in quality around Season 8. Which, you know, that was 12 years ago. Um, But, yeah, around Season 8, it starts to, like, really dip. Or, not 12 years ago, so maybe it was 10 years ago. But, uh, yeah, around season eight, but I think I stopped in season 10, like watching it because there was just, there was one bit that they did and I was watching the show live and I turned it off and never turned it back on. So, yeah, so that's, well, yeah. You have to give us your thoughts on the series when you're done, or I mean, it's still ongoing, but when you get up to date. Yeah. I don't know why I've decided to, to rewatch Family Guy. I, I need to finish. I want if Alex is listening. I need to refinish, or I need to finish uh, the leftovers because so far um, it has been an amazing series, and it is sometimes it's just hard for me to watch an hour long show, but uh, it's on HBO and it is really good. And every single episode is like another like what the fuck did I just see kind of like moment. So, yeah, The Leftovers is really good. I just need to finish it. I think I'm, like, four episodes away from finishing the series. It was an HBO show uh, a few years ago. Um, only three seasons and 28 episodes. And do you know the premise of the show? I do. I watched uh, the first half of season one. It's on my list to go back to. Yeah, see, season one is great. Season two is uh, really good as well. So far, season three has been, like, crazy. So, But I know that the... The writers for Endgame are actually huge fans of this show. Uh, or, you know, for Infinity War and um, Endgame. And they're huge fans of this show. And they, like, partially kind of, like, took influence of the snap from this show. And, in fact, one of the lead uh, characters, uh, Carrie Coon, is in, this sh- uh, is in this show. And then she played uh, Proxima Midnight in Infinity War. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So it's like, and she's really, really good in this series. I'm shocked that she hasn't been in more things. Like, she's just, I don't know, Carrie Coon is just great. All right. Ron? Mike? It's been a pleasure. Yes, I would agree. Appreciate it. Enjoy shooting the breeze? Yes, I do enjoy, you know, shooting. I don't know why I said we that so you... ominously. <laughs> we hope you enjoyed this episode, and... Please tell us what you think, and if you've watched because you've heard us talk about it on this episode, any of the things that we mentioned, please let us know on Twitter or Instagram at PopCultureFed or on Instagram at Pop underscore 
culture underscore fed. And check. I had to think about that for a second. <laughs> and check out. And don't forget to check out panels of frames. Yeah, panels of frames. We're on YouTube. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. Kind of. Uh, technically, we have an Instagram, but we don't really talk about that. We kind of only made that so that way, if we accidentally become po- become popular, no one can take that from us. So we just kind of made it out of solidarity. So yeah, and ch- <laughs> check out panels of frames. Right, we got some exciting episodes coming up. Uh, in the coming weeks so let us know your thoughts yeah bye matt bye matt's mom